0: Father, you who looked down upon the death of your only Son, please help us tonight to open our eyes and look up to see him. We ask in his name. Amen. We come together tonight to look upon him whom we have pierced. We gather together tonight to survey the wondrous cross on this Good Friday, this holy and solemn day we gather as the church to weep and to wail and to worship before the cross. We've just heard from John chapter 18 and 19 the true and tragic account of the arrest and betrayal of Jesus in the garden, the interrogation and questioning of Jesus by Annas and by the governor, the betrayal and denial of Jesus by two of his own disciples, the flogging and the beating and the humiliation and the mocking of Jesus by the soldiers, the collective rejection and repudiation of Jesus by the crowds and the public execution and death of Jesus on the cross. And on days like today, at times like this, it should make us sick. And oftentimes, it makes us feel ashamed And sometimes it causes us to tremble and they will look upon him whom they have pierced, Zechariah prophesied. There's no looking away today. There's no way around it. There's no avoiding the cross. So we look at the cross Today, and we see Jesus with his arms outstretched, bruised, beaten, betrayed, by himself, bleeding. And as we look on him, as we survey the wondrous cross, what do we see? First, we see what we have done to him. You may not be Judas, but you have betrayed him. You may not be Peter, but you have denied him. You may not be the high priest, but you have treated Jesus as your subject. You may not be Pilate, but you have put Jesus on trial. You may not be a soldier, but you have struck against Jesus with your words and with your body. You may not have been in the crowd, but you have cursed Jesus. And your name may not be Barabbas, but it should have been you on the cross that day. Every single one of us is equally culpable In the death of the innocent Son of God by virtue of our sin. Our sinful nature and our sinful rebellion, as we pray every Sunday in thought, word, and deed, implicate us as responsible for Jesus' death. We are responsible for the cross. Our sin made it necessary. So if there be anyone arrogant here tonight, if there be anyone prideful, if there be anyone who in any way feels any less guilty than those people, hear the indictment of Good Friday. We did this to him. We held the hammer. We drove the nails. We spit upon him. We struck his face. Behold, the man upon the cross. My sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there. It was, it was my sin, it was your sin. It was our sin that nailed Jesus to the cross. We heard this earlier from Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's quite a blanket statement there. And it's full of gloriously good news. But it's also full of serious implications for every single one of us no exceptions to it, no getting out of it, that on the cross, the Lord God laid upon Jesus, the innocent one, the spotless one, the perfect one, the one who had never done anything wrong, the iniquity, three key words, of us all. We sang this earlier. Perhaps one of the most terrifying verses of any hymn that we ever sing as a church who was the guilty? Who brought this upon thee? Alas, my treason, Jesus, hath undone thee. T'was I, Lord Jesus, I, it was, denied thee. I crucified thee. Lord, have mercy upon Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. We look at Jesus today and we see what we have done to him. But we look closer and we see what he has done for us. It had to be this way. We need to know that it had to be this way. There was no other way. The curse of all of our sin and all of our guilt and all of our iniquities. The incomprehensible weight of all the punishment and wrath that we deserved. The incalculable cost of the penalty that we owed unleashed with righteous fury and poured out in full force upon Jesus. It had to be this way so that Jesus, the perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God, would fully and forever break the curse we are too weak to break and pay the penalty we were too poor to pay and take the punishment so that we would be saved and die our death so that we would be raised. Every last one of your sins and every last one of my sins had to be placed upon Jesus in full so that every last drop of his blood would pay for every last one of our sins in full. We are fully responsible, therefore, we are fully forgiven. We are fully implicated. Therefore, we are fully covered. So please don't run away from the cross. I plead with you not to run away from the cross. You run from the cross, you remain responsible. You run from the cross, you remain culpable. Run to the cross. Run to the cross. And receive all of the benefits and all of the blessing and all the mercy and all the grace and all of the forgiveness secured for you there by Jesus Christ. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied glory to his name. We've got to remember today that Jesus willingly offered himself for us. He offered himself willingly. Earlier in John's gospel, chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus said this, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. So I wish tonight that I had time to say all of your names one by one, and to look each one of you in the eye and say, beloved, Jesus laid down his life for you. Willingly, sacrificially, voluntarily, gladly, lovingly, Jesus laid down his life for you. He offered his hands to the soldiers. He offered his feet to the soldiers and with every drive of the hammer, he allowed them to nail your sins to his cross. So there is now no more guilt upon you tonight. There is now no more any penalty for you to pay. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I once had the privilege of visiting with a dear saint who was almost at the end of their life, and after a few minutes of small talk there in the hospital room, this person asked their family to leave the room for a few minutes and close the door. So I pulled up a chair, I got close, and then this dear person began to weep. And they told me of something wrong they had done many years earlier when they were a child. If there was a scale for sins, if there was such a scale, one being minor, ten being major, this would have been so a one. (laughs) But when this person was a child, they made a mistake. And someone close to them had shamed them. And blamed them and convinced them of all sorts of lies because of this one mistake. And they had never told another soul, not even their spouse. This person knew and loved and trusted Jesus. And how I wish we could have had this conversation decades earlier in their life. But we had it there that day in the hospital. And because they knew Jesus, because they had run to the cross, I was able, in the name of God, to offer unwavering, unapologetic, unquestioning assurance of their full pardon in Christ, purchased on the cross, secured for every single one of their sins, major and minor by the blood of the spotless lamb. It was as if rivers of living water were running through that hospital room that day. We got it, we got it. My sin, oh the bliss, the hymn says, of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross. I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Amen. We can look at Jesus tonight. We can look at Him and know that He has taken upon Himself those things that have been done and left undone by us. We can also look at the cross and see Jesus and know, in yet another dimension of the glories of Calvary, that he has also taken upon himself those things that have been done and left undone towards us. Not only is each person in this room today someone who has sinned against God and against someone else, but each person in this room today is also someone who has been sinned against by someone else, you have all felt in your life, and you have felt in your body, and you have felt in your family, and you have felt in your church the effects of the fall. I have the privilege of knowing many of you and knowing many of your stories, but I know just enough to know that I don't even know the half of what you have experienced in this life. There are stories you could tell of loss, and heartbreak, and grief, and betrayal. You have been sinned against by friends, by colleagues, by leaders, by loved ones, and you didn't deserve it. You didn't. There are also many in this room today who have experienced violence, or who have experienced abuse whether it's physical, emotional, sexual, spiritual, or all of the above, I invite you to see your savior on the cross, fully bearing in his wounds all of the pain, and all the tragedy, and all of the betrayal, and all of the violence, And all of the abuse that has been inflicted upon you. Jesus bore your abuse on the cross. Your Savior bore your sins, yes, praise God. And He also bore your suffering. You are not alone in your suffering, you are not alone in your suffering, see your suffering savior on the cross. And if you see nothing else in his wounds, know that they promise healing one day for yours. Because of the cross, we can know that no suffering is wasted and no injustice is unseen. The cross speaks of redemption and justice for every sin and for all suffering. Oh, to see my name written in the wounds. For through your suffering, I am free. Death is crushed to death. Life is mine to live. One through your selfless love. This, the power of the cross. You may not be standing on Golgotha today, looking up at the actual cross. You may not be Mary or John, quote the disciple whom Jesus loved standing nearby, close enough to hear Jesus' actual last words, but Jesus still speaks those last words over you today. So hear him with his last dying breath, hear Jesus from the cross today. It is finished. So what is there left for you to do? It is finished. So what sin is left for which you must atone? It is finished. Will your suffering or your injustice go along unavenged? It is finished. And they will look upon him whom they have pierced. We see what we have done to him and we see what he has done for us. Our Savior has dealt with our sin and our suffering once and for all.